What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. Hey guys, Megan here. Thank you so much for joining me. I am here with an amazing person. I'm so excited for you to hear from her. Her name is Bailey Barnes. She's a professional singer, voice teacher, and business coach for singers who want to create a lucrative business in the performing arts industry. And she is here to tell you, I mean, a whole smorgasbord of things <laughs> to do that. Bailey, thank you for being here. Definitely. I'm so glad to be here. I, uh, you know, to be totally transparent, Bailey and I have talked before and I heard her story, which is so inspiring and I wish it hadn't been <laughs> destroyed by technology. So <laughs> This is part two of an amazing story, and I am um, excited for you to hear it. So, Bailey, where do you want to get started? Where do you think the best part is to start with your story? Well, why don't we start with um, how I transitioned from my, like, employment, my work as an employee um, to being a full-time, you know, business owner, entrepreneur in the, in the performing arts industry. I think, yeah, in the world of music. I, I really like that moment that you talk about. So yeah, let's, let's start with where we were before we were entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And where, and yeah. Okay. So about six years ago, I moved to Durango, Colorado, and I had been, before that, I had gotten my undergraduate degree in music education, and during my undergraduate degree, I had really fallen in love with elementary music education, and, but I also was, was not really sure if I wanted, how involved I wanted to be in public schools, and that whole culture and everything, and so you know, even back then I had some trepidation as to, you know, there was a part of me that knew that doing the, you know, J-O-B thing and the, the whole nine to five being an employee thing wasn't quite right for me. I always knew that I wanted to kind of create my own thing and start my own projects. But of course, at that time, I just didn't have anyone else telling me that there was an alternative path. I didn't have any mentors or teachers or anyone saying that I could 
create my own path. It was kind of like, you know, you get the degree and you follow the degree path and you follow the career path that's kind of laid out before you. So I graduated and um, I'd had a lot of experience performing. I'd had a lot of experience singing in operas because I did that in my undergrad. I sang and I actually spent two summers singing in Germany as a chorus member uh, with a professional opera company there touring all over Germany and other parts of Europe. And so I finished that last summer doing that, graduated, did my student teaching, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then I actually decided to like peace out and go travel for a year. And then I got a job working as a tour guide for a travel company called Backroads. And I did that for about a year and a half. Uh, lived in San Francisco here and there. So I didn't go straight into that J-O-B thing right away. You know, I was, I was still kind of exploring and trying to figure out what exactly it was I wanted to do. But then I did decide I wanted to go into elementary music. So I got a job back in Colorado. I decided I was ready to move back home. Got a job here in Durango. And that was six years ago when I moved here to Durango. And I started working at an elementary school and teaching music. And at that same time, because I had sort of taken this hiatus from singing also, you know, I, I, I spent those four years traveling and working for Brack Roads and I wasn't really doing any singing other than just singing for me. But what I realized when I moved to Durango is that I really missed singing. And I actually found this voice teacher who I started taking voice lessons with who had also just moved to the area. And she one day just asked me like, why aren't you doing this professionally? And, you know, she was like very like, so you have, you have this degree and you've, you've had all this professional experience and then you just kind of like dropped it. And like, I'm curious as to why, because you totally have a potential, so on and so forth. <laughs> and that really like lit, a fire in me and for a little while I was really confused and I didn't really trust that voice teacher but that was totally on me because I was just like there's no way that I could be a professional singer and that's not for me and everyone in my undergrad told me that wasn't for me and you know the messaging I've always gotten is just like that I'm not good enough to to compete in the world of professional singing and so you know it stirred up all of this like all this stuff and all these emotions. And it was a very, um, it was honestly a very tumultuous time for me that at that point, because what I started to realize is that being an elementary music teacher was so demanding of my time and energy that it wasn't something that I could do. I couldn't teach elementary music and pursue the singing career to the level that I wanted to at the same time. And so, um, so I guess I'll kind of go into another little story while we're on this track, um, which is the moment that I decided to quit my elementary music job. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, finally, basically, I, I had just gone through all of this, you know, emotional transformation, realizing like, wait, what I really, really want to do with my life is be a singer and be involved in singing. Like, I had this moment where, you know, one of my other mentors said, if, if money wasn't a thing and if you could really just like do, do just what you wanted to do, what would it be? And I said, I would quit my job and I would just focus on singing. And that, 
you know, finally I, I was teaching a first grade class one day and they were particularly difficult and I sat down and I was just kind of like sitting at my desk, like so exhausted and thinking to myself, like, oh, like I'm, how am I going to have the time and energy to practice today? Like I'm already exhausted and it's like 11 o'clock in the morning, you know, and just again, like this reminder and this realization of like, I can't do both of these things at the same time. And I just had this moment where I was like, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit this job. And I stood up and I walked into my principal's office. And in that moment, I was like, if I can talk to her right now, I'm going to tell her right now. But of course she was busy. So I had to schedule a meeting for the next day. Um, and the secretary was like, what is this meeting regarding? And I was like, next school year. And she got this look on her face like, oh, crap, she's probably <laughs> going to quit. <laughs> you know. And then, of course, my principal and my vice principal both had that look on their faces when I went into the meeting the next day. And I told them, you know, like, I, I, I love, I love it here. And I love teaching elementary music. And it is something that I'm passionate about, but I love singing more. And I have to, I have to give myself this opportunity. And it was a super hard decision for me. There were lots of tears from all of us in that room because it was a really special place. And I was a, definitely a really important part of that community. But, you know, I'm so glad I made the decision ultimately. And then from there, you know, it was kind of this, it became this um, journey of entrepreneurship where I was getting different jobs here and there while still trying to grow my singing career and then realizing that the types of jobs I was getting were not satisfying to me. And they, they weren't satisfying not only in the type of work, but also the amount of money that I was making. And I realized that I needed to be working fewer hours, making more money for those fewer hours in order to open up and free up the time and energy I needed and the money, quite frankly, to pursue the singing career. Mm -hmm. And so over the years that, you know, after working this job and that job and, oh, this isn't the right fit, but I like doing this, you know, I started realizing that, well, what, what I really wanted to spend my time on was, was helping people start businesses and doing the business coaching side of things and teaching voice lessons. And right now, you know, my business is, I, I, my favorite type of work to do is to help singers you know, my, my favorite thing is my, my Singing Entrepreneur Academy, which is a combination of voice lessons and business coaching and entrepreneur, entrepreneurial education for singers and helping them figure out how to do what I did, which was like quit their J-O-B and stop working at jobs that they hate doing and make their living in the performing arts industry, whether it's, you know, producing, gigging, teaching lessons, doing the same kind of stuff. If I'm doing some kind of consulting or, um, you know, or just working in the performing arts industry, like offering different types of services to performers and singers, but just so that they're constantly in that space, networking with the people that they want to be networking with, um, honing their own skills and expertise, right? And, um, and just helping them really get that vision of like, what do I want? Like, what do I want with my life? And what do I want for my career? And what do I need to do to make that happen? Because the fact is, is in the world of the performing arts, there isn't a career path. It's not like you 
you graduate with the degree and then there's a bunch of jobs that you go out and apply for. You can go out and audition for a bunch of stuff, right? Um, but the, com the competition is just unreal, obviously, in, in all genres of music. Um, and you need to be able to have that security of a lucrative, some kind of lucrative business that's bringing in the money, but it also needs to be something that doesn't take up all of your creative energy. Otherwise you won't have anything left to keep growing your, and then there's also the piece of just being able, like understanding what the basics of good business are and applying that to your performing career. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think I kind of, did I, did I, did I paint a complete picture there? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. My, um, when we talked before, you know, my favorite moment from that story was just the, uh, the, the difficult decision that you had to make to say that, you know, I, I enjoy the, uh, overall, I enjoy the teaching part of it, but this just isn't my calling. This isn't, I, I need something different. And I, I love that. I think that that is such, um, it, this was going to sound cliche, but like it, it's brave. You know, it is just the, I know I was meant for something. So I'm going to go do that thing. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, that is definitely the biggest barrier that I encounter when I'm talking to people who have these dreams and the, this calling, right? Like this, like this calling in their hearts of like, this is how I want to be spending my time. But then there's always this other, this like barrier that comes in. It's like, well, it's not, it's not reasonable or it's not realistic or, um, you know, and, and they just stop there. They just stop right there instead of saying, well, what do I need to do to make it reasonable, to make it realistic? And for me in that moment, it was like, well, I don't exactly know what I need to do, but I know that working as an elementary music teacher is not it. Like, I know that that is not a part of this equation, even though I loved my students, I loved my colleagues, I thought I was doing important work in the world. And that's kind of, that's such an important thing to remember when you're, when you are an entrepreneur, especially and all, and just to, just to be clear from my perspective, every single person who's out there trying to make a living for themselves as an artist of any kind is an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. is a business person, right? You have to think of yourself that way. And you have to be able to say like, you know, just because I'm good at this or just because this work comes easy to me or just because this is a paycheck that I'm getting, it doesn't mean that that's how you should be spending your time. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of like the big realization for me with that whole elementary music thing was like, you know, everyone, everyone around me was always telling me what a great music teacher I was. And so it felt, and that made it feel even more confusing to be like, why would I quit this work? Like, I'm making an impact. I'm getting a paycheck. But the way I felt at the end of the day was what was the most important piece of information. Mm -hmm. You know, no matter what everyone else was saying and what the logic said and what the re realistic thing to do was, it was like, how do I feel at the end of the day when I spend the whole day teaching? How do I feel at the end of the day or at the end of a gig, right? 
Right. And like very different, (laughs) very different things. Um, Or at the end of a voice lesson, at the end of a practice session, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. Well, let's talk about during that transition, you said that um, you had some, I don't know, but you had some hesitation to trust what people were saying that you should go the, I guess the unsafe route, right? Like the unstable mm-hmm. route of go and do this thing. How did you talk yourself into getting past that fear? Well, I, I read a book called the great work of your life by Stephen Cope. Stephen with a PH. I did a lot of things. There were definitely, it was definitely like an evolution and it happened over time because like, actually after I quit elementary music, um, about six months later, seven, I don't know, sometime that winter, like I, I stopped teaching, you know, in the spring and then sometime that winter, um, I was offered a job as the program director for a local nonprofit music school that I was teaching at at the time I was teaching classes and I was teaching private lessons, um, as a freelancer, as a subcontractor. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and the, the, the executive director of that organization recognized some leadership and, you know, executive management skills in me and offered me this job. Um, and I was really excited about it because, it seemed like an opportunity to have a good salary, have a full-time salary, have flexibility because the whole, the whole thing at, at this music, at this nonprofit was that all of our staff are also gigging musicians. So that was kind of like built into the job. Um, well, it was on paper built into the job. <laughs> um, things. Right, exactly. Um, and so I did that job for about a year um, working as the program, actually it was more like a year and a half working as the program director and still, you know, even though I, I was good at that job, I ended up having that same conversation with, with my boss at that job a year and a half later saying, this is not my main thing. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not the thing that I care about the most. And you need someone in this position who cares the most about this. Like this is their jam and this is their gig. Um, and same for me, like I need to be focusing on what my main thing is. And at that, and over all that time, I was still figuring that out. Right. And so I, mm-hmm. that's another thing, I guess I would really, really love for anyone who's listening to this to take away is just like, it is a process, right. And there's not going to be some moment where you like have it all figured out. And then you just have this clear cut plan of like, I'm going to do this exact step-by-step process and then everything will be figured out, you know, right. um, when you're, when you're taking this step away from the security and the stability of a salary or a job or, you know, whatever, J-O-B, um, you are going to be navigating these waters that are shifting and changing and you as a person are shifting and changing and transforming as you start to figure out what actually matters to you. Because that's, I think, that's, I think, you know, and that's probably another moment that was really, really important for me in this process was like, just constantly asking myself, like, what do I want? What do I actually care about the most? And is what I'm doing today contributing towards that? 
And then, you know, as you continually ask yourself that question, you, you come up with, with a little bit of a different answer every time, mm-hmm. right? Like there's always some little thing that's shifted and something that's become less important and something that's become more important. Um, and, but, you know, back to your original question, I, I read this book called The Great Work of Your Life, which was so important. And basically he was like, Stephen Cope says, like, what did you love doing when you were a kid? And, and do you still love doing it? And can you use that to meet a great need in the world? Mm. And I was like, yes, I can. I can sing. I can teach people how to sing. I can help people start their own singing careers. Like, yes, that feels like the most important work to me. Um, and, and so that was a big, that was a really important step. Um, like I said, just asking myself that question all the time was really important part of the process. Um, that question of what, what do I care about? What's the most important? What kind of an impact do I want to be making? What is the easiest way for me to make that impact that makes me feel fulfilled and energized? Um, I, you know, I did, I did make sure, I did have to make sure that I had some kind of money coming in and that's mm-hmm. still an ongoing thing, right? Is like, you know, I, I do, I do business, I do my singing entrepreneur Academy, but because of the nature of that work, I only take on a few clients. I only actually take on really like one or two clients at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm building an online course, you know, and there's all, and then as a singer, like you're always, always doing work that you don't get paid for, you know, <laughs> um, practicing, booking gigs, like, and eventually you want to build, well, we can talk about that later, how to build that kind of stuff into your rate, but Um, you know, so like right now I'm working as a business manager for someone who's not a singer, Mm. like it's, it's an orthotic company. Right. Um, but that's still a part of my, but again, you know, that's still aligned with my mission because I want to help people start businesses and I want to help, especially singers start Mm. lucrative businesses and managing someone else's business is contributing to that, to that knowledge and that expertise and that experience. Um, so so yeah, that's another part of it is, is having the steady income somehow, you know, and, um, and then figuring out what type of steady work is going to get you the hourly rate that you need while you still have time and energy to continue pursuing those things and growing those things that are the most important to you. Because the other thing is, you know, like it's not all going to happen overnight. And I think one thing that gets um kind of promoted a lot especially in the online business world is this idea of like really really quickly scaling your business hey guys megan here just a reminder i have regular q a episodes coming out so if you want your questions answered head to meganbrame.com ask a question all one word and you'll be able to get your question posted And if I feature it, you will get a copy, a free copy of my book, Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your Business. So again, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question. And if your question gets featured, I'm sending you a free copy of my book as a thank you. (laughs) And, you know, like I am at six figure business, you know, I made six figures in one year or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's awesome. Like some people can do that. Not everyone has the capacity or the desire to do that. Right. Like, you know, those people that do that, I want to ask them like, so what was your nervous breakdown? Like, 
Yeah, exactly. Or like, how many hours of sleep are you getting on average? <laughs> Did your divorce go through this? Yeah. <laughs> totally, totally. Um, and again, like, I think, I think if, if you have that fire and you want to take that approach, like more power to you, you know, like, I'm not going to say that that's the wrong way to do it. But what I quickly realized about six months into this was like that, that route is not for me. Right. Like I want to work like 30 hours a week, you know, and that's right. it. <laughs> and yeah. that includes, that includes the time that I work growing my singing career, which I am not really getting paid for, especially at the moment because of the pandemic. Right. right? right. Um, I mean, in normal circumstances, I would be making a significant amount of my income from performing, but that's just not the case right now. Right. Um, so, you know, doing that, doing that really intentional kind of like soul searching and, you know, um, not only soul searching within, but also searching without trying to figure out what is the work I can do that will help me pay the bills mm -hmm. while I grow this other stuff that I want to be my main source of income in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like this, this guy named Ari Herstand, is that his name? Yeah, Ari Herstand. He wrote a book called How to Make It in the New Music Business. And, you know, he says, like, the purpose of the, like, what is the purpose of the day job? The purpose of the day job is to pay the bills, you know, get you using as little of your time and energy to make money to pay the bills while you grow the other part of your business that will eventually become your full-time income. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another part of it for sure. Uh, and you know, like for me, again, I'm still kind of figuring that out because another thing I realized is I was like, okay, now I'm really going to quit my J-O-Bs and I'm just going to focus on singing, meaning I'm going to teach singing and I'm going to gig. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that teaching singing for that many hours per week was just as exhausting as teaching <laughs> elementary music, you know, because I'm talking and I'm singing and it's like the one-on-one -on -one stuff is very energetically draining right um and it's different for everyone it's different for everyone which is why it's really that you have to take the time here's actually something i will say that was a really um like a more kind of concrete like uh process that i that i used and still use um but that is like building thinking time into your day your week your month planning time goal setting time right? Like actually, actually carving out and having this sacred time. That's like, this is the time that I think about what's the most important to me. What's the impact I'm trying to make is what I'm doing right now working. What isn't working? What is working? What do I want to keep? What do I want to move on from? Am I still working towards these goals that I have my, my long-term, you know, performing career goals, voice studio goals, whatever they are. Mm -hmm. Um, am I making enough money? Do I need to raise my rates? You know, like, so building in that time into your schedule that becomes a habit, like becomes habitual that you're like always like on Monday mornings, I plan for my week. Every single morning I plan for my day. Every month I set goals for the month and I plan for my month. I do the same thing with my quarterly goals, mm -hmm. right? So really, really, um, taking the time to think and plan is definitely super, super important. Um, yeah. Yeah. 
instead of just kind of flying by the seat of your pants, you know, <laughs> or just never taking the time to do that and just going, you know, just staying in this, um, like status quo right. that you're in and saying, what's the point of even thinking about those things or planning for those things? Cause they're not available to me. So that's another part is like, you have to believe that it's available to you. Mm-hmm. And the way that I got to that was having mentors and coaches, right? Like having people who were constantly telling me that it was available to me and helping me move through those times when that belief system was keeping me from making decisions or taking risks or whatever. Totally. That totally makes sense. Um, so I want to talk about the growth of your business. And, and I also want to talk about your recommendations for singers, especially now with lockdowns and mm-hmm. things like that. But I think the most important question is how are your first graders like your clients now? Oh God. <laughs> what a great question. <laughs> oh man. Okay. That's a great question. So such a good question, especially for, for the, for what I'm moving through right now with, with one of my clients in particular. Um, I, you have to manage expectations. And if you have ever taught a single subject class, like any kind of specialist class in an elementary school, especially, you know that managing expectations and having like systems and routines in place is like the most important thing um, because they are only with you for a small amount of time and they get into these other rhythms with the other people who they spend way more time with. And if you want to get anything done, you need to have like really clear boundaries and expectations and you know, all that kind of stuff. And so um, you know, having, being, being really clear on what your value is, how much money do you need to, like, how many hours a week can you give? Actually, wait, let me actually back it up even more. How many hours a week do you want to work? Like how many hours a week can you be working to make money working to grow your singing career, whatever, whatever, however you define work, how many hours a week do you need to be healthy and balanced and happy? You know, so like that, so those are the hours that you're not working, that you're playing, you're resting, you're spending time with friends and family, etc. And then from there, you know, okay, so this is how many hours a week I can afford to give to any type of work. And then how many, so that means, and then this is how much money I need to be making per month to cover my expenses, my business expenses, whatever those are, you know, getting super clear on these numbers and then knowing what your rate is. And, and when you go into any kind of negotiation with anyone, whether it's a, you know, venue promoter or a bar owner or a, you know, business client or a voice student or whatever, you are like, this is my hourly rate this is what it's going to cost for you to hire me. And if you, and if that's too expensive for you, then I am happy to refer you to other people who I think can get your needs met, um, you know, at, a, at the rate that you're looking to pay. Um, you know, and, and just being super, super clear on that, because like right now, for instance, I'm going through, I'm going with this back, through this back and forth on these negotiations with a client 
and the for for what my rate is going to be and you know i could have and it's funny because this is like a new type of like i said this is like this business management stuff so it's kind of like a new type of work for me but um you know if i had just if i had just started out being like this is what it costs for you to hire me and like i do with my voice students like i would never negotiate like this with my voice students i would never do that but i was like oh this is a new type of work you know et cetera, et cetera. i'm not really sure but um but i know what my bottom line is i know what my top line is you know i know i know what what i need to make and so i so i could have gone into these negotiations from the beginning being like this is it right and then not using so much of my time since then with this kind of like back and forth you know and again i don't regret this because it's a great experience and it's something i'm going to learn a lot from but you know that is but it's also this weird way where i was like i did something that i wouldn't have done in another part of my business mm -hmm. you know yeah um and so so being really clear on that is is not only gonna ensure that you have the stability the financial stability that you need but also keep you from wasting time mm -hmm. you know yeah I I did that answer your question it does yeah i don't and really I, remember I completely agree and especially i think that performers have such a different and therefore harder time right now than i mean mm -hmm. everybody's suffering right but mm -hmm. um you know we're gonna go into more lockdowns soon which they support but it mm -hmm. it's still like it's people still have to earn an income and still people mm -hmm. have to well how how are you seeing and how do you recommend performers and singers especially of course but performers how do you recommend they navigate this world right now while we're still doing social distancing and we're not going out that often how do you still make a living in this kind of in this kind of world i guess yeah you know it's it's really different for everyone um it really depends on what your what your income what your income streams were before the pandemic because if you were if you were making all of your money as a performer pre-pandemic you know it's like you one thing that i've encountered that has been really interesting and i've seen a lot of i've seen a lot of people in the you know business coaching space particularly for people in the performing arts industry out there saying like now is the time for you to uh you know start your voice studio or, or grow your business or do online concerts or get your website up to snuff or you know etc etc like all of these things but the truth is, is that the world of the performing arts is grieving right now and they're suffering emotionally and mentally in a way that we've never experienced and that we never even knew we would have to experience and i think that first of all you know before i go into giving all these tips and ways that you can keep making money i just want to say like if you need to live off employment and just be like kind of in survival mode because your entire livelihood and skill set has completely become like not like 
you know, gone has not that the skill set is gone, but it's not something you're making money for anymore. Right. Um, you know, that's, that is their profession, right? Like that is their profession. And if they can't do their profession, then they should take unemployment and, you know, and when they have the energy and the motivation to try and pursue other things or start the side hustle or, you know, start the voice studio or whatever, then, then do it. But don't, I don't, I don't want to add to the narrative that's like, you should feel bad about yourself if you're not making good use of this time. Right. Yeah. I hate, I hate that pressure. It's like going back to mm-hmm. hustle culture all over again. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. So that's the first thing I'll say. But from there, if you are a person who, you know, and like, for instance, like one of my business clients right now, he's, he's really just, he is using this time to kind of just get started with, or I mean, he's, he's not just getting started, but he's been doing it in such a way that was really more like a glorified hobby than it was like an actual, you know, business income stream that he could live off of like lucrative business and so he is using this time to turn his music business into something that's lucrative so he's starting an online private lesson studio for kids he's um he's doing you know weekly live stream concerts um and he is really like getting, you know, writing a business plan for his business. He's getting super clear on what his rates are going to be. He's putting together offers and packages that he's going to, you know, sell to people. Um, you know, again, doing all that work of like, how much money do I need to make? That means I need to get this many students. I need to have this many production clients. I need to be doing this many gigs, like kind of doing all that work, all that profit and loss stuff. Um, so, you know, I think that right now, like I said, at kind of towards the beginning, like we are, we are business owners, we are entrepreneurs and, you know, if we, and I think a lot of people in the performing arts industry don't really think of it that way. Actually, I know that for a fact, because when I say, when I start talking about business in front of singers, m- the majority of reactions are either like their eyes glaze over or they like <laughs> cringe, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, so, um, you know, I think that, I think that if you have, if you have the energy and the time and you have, you know, first of all, if you don't have the energy and the time and the emotional capacity, do whatever you need to do to take care of that and get yourself in a place where you feel healthy and happy and motivated to take some steps forward. And then when you get to that place, um, you know, if you have the, if you have the income, like I know for some people, they got this huge influx of, um, unemployment money. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you have a little bit of that money laying around and you can invest in a program or invest in a business coach, um, you know, invest in something to further develop your skills whether that's your skills as a performer or a technician or a teacher or a business person, you know, any of, any of the above. So I would say now is a really great time to be working on professional development that you don't normally have time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because right now, because of the pandemic, there's lots of people out there who are offering like COVID rates, you know, mm-hmm. um, saying like this, you know, I'll give you this coaching session for, 
this discount because I'm giving, I have these like so many slots for COVID rate or whatever, you know, like there are people out there doing that kind of stuff. Um, I also think that now is a really good time for you to, you know, do, do things like writing a business plan, like really starting to think of your business and starting to frame your career as a performer in the sense of like, I'm operating this business Mm -hmm. and, and thinking about all the things that go into that, doing market research, um, you know, figuring out your cost structure and your revenue streams and setting goals for yourself for one and three and five years from now, um, you know, and then, and then figuring out what you can do right now that, that will help you achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that, you know, doing things like there's, there are artists out there that are, that are really committing to this, these live stream concerts and they're doing them on things like sessionslive.com. Um, there's, there's several others actually that have popped up that I can't even think of the names, but there are these, um, you know, a number of online, oh, the online music guild is actually the one that I've been doing concerts through. I'm giving a Christmas jazz concert in December and I gave another concert in October. Um, there's another one that I'm forgetting the name of right now, but you know, if, if you feel compelled to do that, and if that's something that you see as being, um, you know, if you already have a following, if you already have a fan base, um, that can be, that can be a decent amount of money, you know, like I made about, um, a hundred bucks a piece. My, my part, my pianist and I made about a hundred bucks at our last concert. Um, I'm hoping for, for more of this go around, you know? Um, so, you know, that kind of stuff can be, can be lucrative if you are willing to put in the time to promote it and, you know, sell the tickets and do the, do the work. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, if you can, if, especially if you're towards the beginning of your performing career and you are, um, at that stage where what you really need more than anything is experience, right? Like you just need to be playing and singing music in front of people, um, create some kind of a regular gig for yourself, right? Like do a, do a con of Instagram live stream once a week, go busk somewhere in your town once a week, right? And now the weather's turning. And so that's going to be a little less of an option, but, but you know, it just depends on where you live. And again, if you do it indoors and, you know, if you, if you can invest in some decent sound equipment and some decent audiovisual equipment and, you know, just kind of make lemonade out of lemons. Right. Um, and, and just don't stop, mm-hmm. you know, that would be my, that would be my biggest overall, you know, the advice is like, don't, don't stop take, putting one step in front of one foot in front of the other, mm-hmm. you know, just because the world is so topsy turvy because the fact is, is like the world is always going to be wacky. There's always going to mm-hmm. be crazy stuff going on. This is obviously unusually difficult, (laughs) but, you know, I think, you know, the only thing that we can rely on is change. And sometimes that change is way more, 
um, jarring than other times. Mm -hmm. But I would say if you can use this as an opportunity to kind of get into the habit of like being able to continue moving forward, even when everything is unpredictable and, you know, and again, that being said, that's why you go back to the, to the planning and the really, really being intentional about how you're using your time. So you're not just wasting a bunch of time, right? You're not just like doing a bunch of projects because you need to do something like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying to do busy work and just make yourself busy and distract yourself. I'm saying, figure out what the heck it is you really, really want out of this life and out of this career that you're pursuing that you want to pursue and start moving in that direction or keep moving in that direction to the best of your ability. I, I agree. And I'm glad that you brought up um, investing in, if they can, investing in like um, audio and visual equipment, because I was going to ask you, have you seen a lot of people moving towards like voiceover work and things like that to kind of pay the bills? Or is that something that people don't really like? It, it's one or the other. It definitely is something that's out there. The only thing it's, you know, that's kind of like a whole different, um, industry, industry and like strategy yeah. kind of is what I was going to say, you know, cause that's kind of like, if you want to work the Fiverr and Upwork and like those types of websites and stuff, if you want to work those angles, you can, but you kind of have to be like, working those angles. Right. And, and, and it's not necessarily, um, again, it's something that you just have to get a system built around. You have to get into a flow. You have to, you have to build the experience and build it over time. It's not something that you're just going to, it's kind of like the same as like Patreon, you know, you're not just going to go start a Patreon account and then like start making enough money to pay the bills. Like it's something you have to build over time. Um, you know, but like that being said, there are people who make money doing that kind of work on Fiverr and Upwork and um, places like that um, and and um, Patreon and all those things. But it, it's you should do it if it's something that you are interested in doing long term and you want to put in the work and the effort to like make that happen for yourself. Got it. Right. Yeah. Again, cause so, cause that like, if, if you decided to go on to Fiverr or Upwork and start like finding voiceover gigs or something that could end up being a waste of time. Mm -hmm. Right. Because there's this whole learning curve that goes into doing that kind of work. Right. And, and if you spend all this time learning how to do that, and then you're like, nah, I don't really care about this. This isn't making me any money. I'm not really excited about this. And then that is like, that could end up being some busy work, right? right. Um, or just doing something to do something and kind of, there, there's definitely, there's definitely a lot of wisdom in like being still. I love that. Sometimes, right? Like being still, waiting for the opportunity to come, getting really clear on what the opportunity you want to come, seeking that out, you know? Um, so yeah. Yeah. Does that? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we touched about this a little bit before, but now I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive into what costs people should be putting into their rates as singers or performers and have you noticed 
new pe- new people into this space in every space really are going to ask like how much should i charge how, like mm-hmm. tell me how much i should charge and so do you yeah. like what are the costs that people should consider and have you seen ranges or tiers that people should be comfortable in starting or middle advanced so on yeah okay so first of all um there there are uh you know standard rates in and and that that changes based on the town where you live like you know in terms of this is specifically to like gigging um and being a performer like performing out which is a little less relevant at the moment but um you know there there are kind of some standards and the way that you figure that out is by doing market research right so you go and you look up all the people in your area and that can be your geographical area or it can be your online area right like if you're in a community you know go go seek out those communities of people who are doing the same kind of work that you want to do and start trying to figure out like look up their websites look up their instagram profiles find out how much they're charging for whatever kind of service they're offering like how much are they selling their albums for how much are they doing voice lessons for how much are they charging for their master classes how much are they charging for these coaching packages you know how much are they charging for a ticket to their online event their online concert or whatever it is um so you know doing that research and understanding what the what the environment and the culture is like um in your in the in the area of business that you want to be participating in and it's also important that you know you are always remembering like what like what do i how do i want this business to serve me right because profitability is threefold like you need to be making money you need to be healthy and happy and you need to be making an impact in the world like those are the ways that you that you have a profitable business right is like and so it's not just the money piece so you need to also be considering like well how much money do i need to be making per gig or per hour or whatever in order for me to get this second tier of profitability which is i'm happy and healthy and satisfied and balanced and all that stuff and then also this third piece of like the impact that i'm trying to make and you know are the are the peop, are the services that i'm offering making an impact and are they worth like am i te- like what kind of a story am i telling with the rate that i'm charging mm-hmm. right like am i am i saying like okay like if you pay me this much you're going to get some person who's just going to show up at your restaurant play some songs for an hour and then leave are you paying for someone who's going to um you know be reliable have really really good quality of sound really entertain and engage your your audience or your you know customers or whatever um so thinking about you know how what is the impact that i'm making with this work and how much is that worth right like how much do i think it's worth how much have i paid for this kind of work before how much would i pay if i had the money to right um and so there's 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 kind of these different pieces that go into setting your rates and it's going to be a little bit different for everybody based on the research that you do and what people around you are charging and what people can actually afford you know because that's another thing is like 
who are the clients that I'm trying to target with this and what can they pay? Like, what can they realistically pay me to give them this service? Um, what do they want to pay me? What have they paid people in the past? What could they pay people who are offering a similar service? Um, but some other things to consider, you know, in terms of just building, you know, what do you need to be thinking of and keeping track of when you're charging for your services, you need to remember that you're a freelancer and you will pay taxes on this money. So, you know, you need to like be like, okay, this is how much I'm charging. And then if I take 30% of that away, how much is that left? Uh, you need to think about, and then you need to say, is that enough money? Like, is that enough for me? If I'm doing this kind of work, is that enough for me to pay my bills and put money into savings for taxes and, um, you know, further invest in my professional development and all that kind of stuff? Um, you know, thinking about what kind of, yeah, I mean, I guess that's, that's mostly it. Um, I guess also just considering like when you're, when you're doing your rates, like remembering that you, you as a musician will be investing in a certain amount of gear and that's going to be like an ongoing thing for you. You know, if, even if you're just a singer, you probably should have a PA, you know, like a, a sound system that has a microphone and some simple speakers and a mixing board. Um, you might need a keyboard at some point. Uh, you, or, you know, maybe you already have one, but you know, those kinds of things, like being able to put a little bit of money into savings every month, um, not just for your, um, taxes, but also, you know, so you have a little bit of a cushion for those months when things are slow, so mm -hmm. you can keep paying yourself that, that salary that you need to have paid, you know? Um, so thinking about that kind of stuff and then just keeping a really, really detailed and up-to-date list of what your business expenses are, mm -hmm. right? Like how much money am I paying per month for my voice teacher? How much money am I paying per month for audition fees? How much money am I paying per month for the place where I'm hosting my online course? If that's something you're doing right. And kind of mm -hmm. keeping all that, all that kind of basic like stuff. And so, and you know, just knowing what the cost, how much it costs for you to run your business because I think that's another thing is like, we, we musicians don't really think about it that way. And we just kind of are like, well, when I have the money, I will buy these things or invest in this thing. And it's like, no, we want you to be thinking like, I'm going to create the money to be able to do this because this is what I need to do in order to run a successful business. Um, so kind of shifting that mindset a little bit, you know, from, oh, I'm just getting by, I'm just scraping by um, because that's what you're supposed to do when you work in the performing arts world is just scrape by, right? Um, and shifting you're away. You're a real artist if you're not struggling, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And it's like, well, that's, that, is, that is one way to go about it. Sure. <laughs> and like, I want to be valued for my skills and my expertise. And and I'm going to be totally honest, it's an uphill battle, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, because of the society and the culture that we live in, uh, people don't value the arts, like, they just don't, like, mm -hmm. overall, I think there are, there are lots of people that do, um, there are lots of people that say they do, mm -hmm. 
and then they don't actually ever invest and sh- and show that they really do with their money. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's that's something I've encountered my whole life as a as a as a music educator and as a musician is that you meet all these people who say, oh, we're so glad to have you. And they, they listen to your music or they just listen to music all the time or they say like, oh, I know that music education is so important, but then their actions say something totally different. Right, right. when it's time to invest, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And whether, and well, you know, that can be investing their time or their money or whatever. Right. Um, so, you know, that's that's another thing to keep in mind is just like, I'm not going to, sugarcoat it like if you want to if you want to do this as a career you have to get in the habit of convincing people what you're worth Mm -hmm. um you have to be willing and able to know what you're worth and stick with it and um and advocate for yourself constantly Mm -hmm. so yeah so when do you recommend people are ready to come and work with you like, when do you, what is, what is the ramp up to, okay, I'm ready to take this seriously. I know Bailey's going to help me. Like, where, how do you recommend people prepare before they come for you? They come to you. Yeah, I would say that they definitely need to be willing to take risks. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person who comes to me and says, um, I really want to create this, um, you know, I want to create this singing career but I have this 40 hour a week job and I have a family to feed and a mortgage to pay. Um, and I'm going to be like, I don't, I don't know like how we're going to do this. Like if you mm-hmm. feel like your capacity is totally filled up with what you have on your plate right now and you're unwilling to make those changes, then that's not something. So I guess I, I should say taking risks and being flexible. Okay. Um, you know, being willing to, I'm, this is just an example, but for example, like sell your house and move into uh, an apartment to save money Mm -hmm. or, um, you know, relocate your family if that's what's, if, and and that means you have to have a family that's on board to do that. right? Right, Right. Um, so being able to be flexible and take risks, and I don't mean take like humongous, like financial risks. I just mean take the risks that you need to take, like quitting your job. Right. Um, again, quitting your job with a plan in place or with an alternative stream of income or whatever, but being able to at some point being willing to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say, you know, you do need to have the time and desire to put into the work. So, you know, I have this whole online course. We write a business plan together. Um, We do our voice lessons together. So you need to have time to hone your craft. You need to be spending time daily on practicing and becoming a better musician you also need to spend equal amounts of time on actually growing the business. Mm. So, you know, if, again, if you're a person who's driven and you're ready to do that and you're like, okay, I'm going to keep my 40 hour per week. And then I'm going to also do this work on top of it, or I'm going to quit my 40 hour per week job, try to find something that pays me more for less hours, you know, whatever, like 
being able to really like do the things that I did, like be flexible, quit the job when it's not serving me anymore, trust that something new is going to come along or that I'm going to create what needs to happen. Um, I would also say, you know, you need to be willing to, you know, you need to be, you need to be teachable, right? Mm -hmm. Coachable. Mm -hmm. You need to be, you need to be ready and willing to take um, the processes and the, the systems that I've created that I think will help you. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, mm -hmm. You have to be open and willing to share your dreams with me, willing to dream in the first place. Right. And have a big juicy dream that motivates you and that you're trying to work towards. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I'd I think that covers a lot. Me. Yeah. Just mm -hmm. uh, commitment and flexibility, I think are so important when you're ready to take it seriously, you know, and you're ready mm -hmm. to just, okay, I'm going to, this is what I want to do. And I know that, I mean, I know people hear this all the time, but investing in what I want to do is going to move me faster. So I'm going to do that. And yeah, I, I, I can't see anything. I'm trying to say like, I can't, I can't see that there's anything outstanding that you haven't mentioned. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think mm -hmm. that it, not only for performers, but just any kind of entrepreneur that just spans like that you have to, you have to have this fire to do it. And just like this sort of, I don't know, Teddy Roosevelt, Rooseveltian mm -hmm. uh, belief that you're just going forward and that's, what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, I guess if I had to sum it up, it would just be like, you have to make your artistic career the most important thing. Right. Right. Like you right. have to be willing to do that. Not all the time. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not saying that we need to only be thinking about our career and abandon your else. children and, you know, right. <laughs> but you need to have, you know, many hours in the week where nothing else is more important than that. And you have the sacred time carved out and you, you know, and it is the most important thing. Mm -hmm. Um, and you're willing to make the sacrifices and the changes and in order to really do what you need to do to make that happen. I completely agree. But uh, we are running out of time. I can't believe, because I have more, like 56 more questions for you. <laughs> uh, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, bailey.b.sings. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, same same thing bailey b sings or bailey.b.sings is like the username handle or whatever i have a website baileybarnssoprano.com and i'm also on mighty networks and you can join my singing entrepreneur community for free on mighty networks it's called um it's the singing entrepreneur.mn.co which and there's dashes in between all the words so but that'll be in the in the show notes i'm sure absolutely um mighty networks is awesome that's really where i want to be growing my program going forward um and and be maybe leaving social media at some point i don't know we'll see it's kind of a kind of a bold statement but that's like that's one amazing. of the big you know down i know right down the line goals but mm -hmm. um definitely there that's that's a really good place to connect because that's where all my other singing entrepreneur 
business clients and voice voice clients and stuff all hang out and do their online courses and that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, those are the places. And is there uh, anything else you want people to know before we end today? I want folks to know that they can create whatever type of artistic career they want and that their dreams are available to them. Even if your dream is super, super pie in the sky, there is some version of that that you can create. You know, I wanted to sing at the Met, which is probably not going to happen. But Today. I will. Tomorrow. Right, yes. right. Well, you know, and, and I, but I will one day be singing on a stage with, you know, artists who I admire and respect and making, making, doing work in, you know, doing the work that I care about that's touching people and moving people. And, you know, if you can figure out what the essence of your dream is and really define that, that will, that is possible. It's, it's totally available to you. Perfect. So, yeah, that's really important for me to, for people to know that to me. Perfect. Thank you, Bailey. Yeah. Thank you. Hey guys, one more thing before you go, could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode? It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review, I would really appreciate it.